Have you or someone you know had your life turned upside down because of your past? Of course I have. Everyone does background checks now, which makes it hard to bounce back. What do you believe? I believe your background shouldn't hold you back. It, sh- it should pay you back. This podcast will inspire you, motivate you, and inform you with everything you need to rise above your past and, and not be afraid to say, go, go ahead, check my background. My name is J. Dan Gum, and this is is background check you already know let's go you can check my background i'm a forgiving felon so tell them that i won't back down now you can bet i won't live in regret it's time to earn some respect you are tuning in to background check hey everyone welcome to background check podcast i am your host Jaden gum you know one day after picking my girls up from school, uh, my youngest one, Gemma, started crying because she did not get what Jessica got, her older sister, at school that day, candy. So taking my daddy comfort duties very seriously, I began to offer a solution that should stop the crying. I say, Gemma, would it help if I gave you a piece of candy when we get home? And she replies through the crying, yes. So then I say, okay, I'll do that. Then she asks, are you sure? To which I reply, yes, confident that my daddy's skills have worked. Then she asks, are you positive? And I said, yes. Then both my girls scream out in laughter. You tested positive. Gemma was laughing so hard, even through the tears, because they had got me. Well, that joke doesn't work now because the three of us, uh, at least three of us in our household, have tested positive for the virus in the last month or so. Jessa had it uh, with zero symptoms in December, and now my wife and I have had it. You never really want to say that something happened at the worst time possible because it always seems there could be a worse time. And yes, there probably could have been. But still, this thing hit me and Jess right at a very busy, busy time for us two days before my 50th birthday in which she had some things planned that had to be canceled and the time of the year when I'm doing all the end of the year paperwork for the ministry, getting all the contribution statements out and just doing all that, you know, plus Jessica started a new position at work in which she was still training for. And now she couldn't go in person and do the training. And then the girls had to be home. So imagine mom working from home, dad sick with COVID, and the girls needing to do their schoolwork, but they think they're just on another vacation. Yep, fun times. So this episode, I just want to talk about my COVID experience a little bit, but also relate to you as, as well a couple of our residents' experience with COVID while they were in prison. It would seem COVID doesn't treat everyone the same. Like I mentioned earlier, Jessa had zero symptoms. Jessamy's symptoms have seemed more like allergies and sinus issues, but mine, <laughs> mine floored me. I've been one of those who have said all along that COVID is just like the flu. Well, excuse me while I backpedal a little bit. I need to walk that back. If this is, if you can hear me walking, I'm walking back that statement a lot. I don't know how or when or where or from whom I caught COVID. I don't know if the little cough I had for a couple of days uh, was it because I felt perfect for two days after that. But then Tuesday, January 19th, on my way home, after feeling perfect for two days, I texted Jessamy that I felt so tired. Then a couple hours later, it hit me. They hit me. A case of the chills. 
It hit me so hard. I thought Jessamy had turned the air on 50 degrees in the house on purpose. She found a place for me to get rapid tested, so I bundled up and drove. I bundled up so much that I began to get hot and sweaty, but I was still cold. I began to get a headache that was so bad I thought someone was actually splitting my head open. They took my temperature at the emergency room, and it was only 98.2. But my head was way hotter than that. I know. I came back home that night and passed out. I woke back up to call and get my results, and it was positive which was just a formality because we knew I had it. COVID, it, it's such a life interrupter, routine disruptor, and pretty much invades your life with all its chaos. So the next morning I wake up, and even after sleeping so much, I was very tired. But I wasn't going to let a little flu-like bug stop me. So I went to the backyard to start digging in a, a little more in the trench that I'd started for my playhouse, for my girl's uh, playhouse. I was going to run electrical. So I started digging a trench. Well, after only a few digs, I was completely exhausted. What? No way. I mean, every time I got the flu, I could just usually go outside, work out, run, stay active and flush the flu right out of my system within a day and a half. But it didn't feel like I was going to be able to do that this time. And then a headache came. And oh my goodness, I don't know why these headaches are so bad. I don't know what's going on in my body. Then around noon that day, they hit me again, the chills. Why were they so strong? I went to lay down under an electric blanket and, and I fell asleep for several hours. I can't believe I just slept the day away. What's this virus doing to my body, to my life? I felt a little okay that that, or that next evening, but... Then another headache came, more chills, and bedtime. This was my routine for the first seven days of this virus. Every day it flattened me in the middle of the day for several hours. One day it was so bad that Gemma asked why I was shaking. I said, Teddy, why are you shaking? It had come over me so quickly that I could barely even carry a glass of water to, to my bed without spilling it. I told my wife I was going to just put some worship music on and listen to it while I lay there. So there I am listening to This Is How I Fight My Battles. And I was shaking so bad I can't even tell if I'm shaking or crying. And then I hear a voice. It says, sing, son. I was like, what? It even sounded like my dad. And I knew my mom had told me there was an article from a doctor who writes about, uh, I think my, my mom and my wife told me about it, who writes about having hallucinations during COVID. And I wondered if that's what was happening. But then I remembered almost 14 years ago, a year out of prison, I'm lying on the bed with my dad who's on hospice. And he said to me, sing to me, son. Sing that you are good song. So in April of 2007, I'm lying next to my dad who's dying with cancer, singing with quivering lips from crying. You are good. You are good. You are good. And your mercy is forever. Mm. I learned a life lesson from my dad that in that moment, in that, in that your darkest moment, whatever you're going through, you have a choice. To question God? Why me, God? What are you doing? Or you can tell him, 
how good he is. And if my dad could sing you are good to God while he was lying there being overtaken with cancer, then I can sing in my darkest moment that I've ever felt physically. No, I don't believe I was dying in that moment, but it was definitely the worst I've ever felt physically in my life. So when I heard the voice that sounded like my dad say, sing, son, I sang. This is how I fight my battles. It might look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. I didn't even know if it sounded coherent, but I kept singing. I could barely get the words out because my lips, they were quivering, but I kept singing. I didn't feel like singing, but I kept singing until I fell asleep. There's something about singing during dark times, and I don't know what it is. In, in March and April of 2006, while I was still in prison, waiting for a parole, parole answer, uh, I felt like God said, sing, sing this song. And it was a song by Chris Tomlin who had just came out, and it, and it was How Great Is Our God. And so every time count time came, it came on the radio and I would sing it at the top of my lungs. And 30 days later, I made parole. <laughs> Through all of this, my wife has been amazing. She went above and beyond to make sure my birthday morning was still amazing with balloons, donuts, and presents. I'm going to put some pictures on the show page, so make sure you go there and look at it. It was the best birthday one could have or hope for during COVID, I believe. My wife was feeling sick too. I mean, she was feeling sick right along with me, so she went and tested the next day, but she was she was negative. She later tested again and was positive. Her symptoms seemed to be a little different than mine, but they were still annoying to her. She continued to push through with work and trying to school the girls while I was in my routine of being humbled by this virus every day. My wife even encouraged me after I told her that I was hearing reports about people who had headaches as symptoms. Uh, the headaches didn't go away. And she got up and started singing, Whose report will you believe? We will believe the report of the Lord. Man, I love my wife. And you know what? There's that singing again. The miracle of this whole thing is that I have asthma. My last attack up until two months ago was junior high. But this whole time, all this whole almost year, I've been worried about what COVID would do to my respiratory system. Two months ago, I had an attack out of nowhere. I had to run and buy a primatine mist bottle. But not one time during this COVID have I ever felt like I couldn't breathe, even when my O2 levels got down to 90% one day. They didn't stay there that long. I also began to lose weight. And to this day, uh, today, Friday, the 29th, I've lost 15 pounds. Now, I did have a goal of losing five pounds per month this year, but I didn't think I'd reach my three-month goal in 10 days. <laughs> but I, I've lost my appetite. You know, at one point during the during COVID, I lost my taste and smell. But it came back eventually. You know, that first day I smelt my wife cooking bacon. Oh, Jesus. I was singing then too. My mental focus was shot during this time. Even my morning devotions were hard to complete. I tried to work, but I couldn't even type or even seem like, it, like I could spell. 
I'm not sure why it hit me so hard. But my wife has been amazing this whole time. I don't know how I could have done this without her. Even my kids have been helpful. So many of you have been helpful. You sent food gift cards. You've sent food. Uh, someone even sent a little O2 checker. Uh, and, and Jessa has been checking my O2 levels every every two hours. She, she was so concerned when my levels hit anywhere between 90 and 94. <laughs> my mom's checked on me every day. I've got calls from lots of you, texts, prayers, birthday wishes. It's It's been so great having all of the support. Support. That's what it's all about. When I think about all the support I've had through all of this from my own family, forgiving felons, so many others, I can't help but think about what if I was still in prison while having COVID? There's no support in there for those guys and gals. Some of our guys in the house right now uh, at Forgiven Felons contracted COVID while in prison. Chris Ramirez talks about being at the Stringfellow unit last March and April when TDCJ, without notice, bust over 100 positive inmates from another unit to his unit. And that caused a major spread in his unit. The county was really ticked off, too, that this happened. TDCJ began to make so many horrible decisions regarding COVID, and that is the reason it still runs rampant today. There are staff shortages because staff are afraid for their lives. TDCJ hasn't treated their COs very well during this time either. Some units are doing the best they can, but TDC as a whole, TDCJ as a whole um, is just not responding well. I'm putting a link to a video called No Way Out from uh, Channel 8 here in the Dallas area, which uncovers so many flaws in our prison system's response to COVID, including some deaths of officers and, and, and lots of inmates as well. Chris Ramirez, one of our residents said, uh, when it first hit his unit, when it first hit his unit before the system wide lockdown, he went and bought a t-shirt from commissary and ripped off the sleeves to make him a mask because they weren't giving them to inmates. He wore it and got into trouble when he was outside of the cell because the inmates weren't supposed to be wearing masks over their faces. One of our other residents is Boyce remembers it breaking out in his dorm of a hundred men and because you're literally housed four feet from either person on either side of you and you just can't get away from people. The medical, the medical care that or lack of it that you get in there is another reason it spreads so much. A friend who's a volunteer chaplain said that his unit just went back on lockdown and won't even let him back in again. A letter from one of our future residents states the COVID has turned TDCJ into chaos here at the Hughes unit. It's quarantine city. At times, the entire uh, unit has been on lockdown or quarantine. It started back in last April, and what's happening now is that when an inmate gets sick and tested positive for COVID, the pod he's in is quarantined for 14 days. As I write this letter, my pod is, is one week into a 14-day quarantine, and another pot of my building is also in quarantine. And we are told that the other building is in total quarantine, all pods. And we know for sure of a couple men who have died from the dorms. So I just wanted to let you know what's going on in, the, in our Texas prisons. You know, I mean, 
I don't think TDCJ is doing everything within their possibilities to do that they could be doing. I really don't. So please take time to pray for the prisons. Yes, uh, people in there committed crimes, uh, most of them. There are still a lot of innocent people in prison. Uh, But no one deserves what they're going through in prison right now. They're not getting the care or attention they deserve medically. They're they're not getting any any visitation. No visitation from family. Imagine if you were told you couldn't see your family for almost a year. No volunteers coming in to do church services. No life-giving activities like recreation. Just keep them in your prayers. And pray that somehow we, we get some oversight over the prisons where they can be held accountable. You have in that video uh, that I post a link to, you'll see a mayor of Palestine just calling the statements of TDCJ outright lies. And then the TDCJ saying, well, the mayor's lying. <laughs> it's just a big, crazy debacle. And so I just want you to, you may have a loved one in prison. And I know I know what you're going through. I know Chris's wife, she talks about what she she was feeling at the time where Chris when Chris had it. Chris just had a stroke a few months ago and they took him to the emergency room. And when he said they said, Have you tested positive? And they said, I um symptoms and he said, Well, I've already had it. I had it while I was in prison. And they rushed him in and they began to give him all this attention. And he said, Hey, what's going on? And they said, Well, we're 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 far enough into this now where we're noticing people that that have had COVID after several months, they begin to have blood clotting and different types of aneurysms and, and things. So um so, you know, it's it's concerning. And and I wonder if it's the lack of care that the inmates got in prison that maybe is going to cause some permanent damage. We can believe that God can, can cure all this. We know, we know he's in control, but I want to close this by reminding you to sing, sing during your dark times, whether it's COVID, whether it's cancer, whether it's a broken relationship, financial crisis, no matter what it is, sing. Even if you think you're not a good singer, sing. Even if what you're going through is causing you to shake, shiver, cry, just sing. I tested positive on the 19th. Today, on the 29th, I just got a negative result back. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh. Be thankful for the people in your life. Don't focus on the darkness. Just sing. What song are you going to sing today? Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for getting our family through COVID. Thank you for all the support you've given us. Lord, we lift up the people in prison who can't get the same type of emotional, physical, medical support that we get out here on this side. Lord, we ask you to somehow, some way, deposit creativity into the into our system that's broken to help them find a way 
to contain and stop the spread, the spread and treat the and treat COVID better in prison. Lord, I thank you for healing. I thank you that we don't have to believe the reports that the headaches linger and and uh, and, and that there could be future blood clots and all that. We we thank you that we don't have to believe that because we believe the report of the Lord. And your report says, I am healed. We thank you for that report, Lord. Lord, I pray for anyone who's listening to this who might be having COVID right now. I pray that you be to them what you were to me. I pray for family members who have loved ones in prison. Give them a peace, a peace that passes all understanding to guard their heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Lord, we thank you for everything. And we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm thankful for you for listening. Uh, if you were one of the ones that sent wishes and gifts and other things, thank you. And uh, share the word, spread it around. Stay positive, test negative. And we'll see you on the next episode next week. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Background Check Podcast brought to you by Forgiven Felons, helping people with a past realize their future. For more information, please visit ForgivenFelons.org. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and please don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss the latest episode. I'm J.D. Gum, and this has been Background Check.